Welcome to Digital Garden State, a podcast by the New Jersey Health Information Management Systems Society. Welcome to the New Jersey Health Information Management Systems Society podcast series, where we discuss emerging trends in healthcare technology and their impact on our our industry. So I am your host today. I am Dr. Kennedy Ganti, uh, one of the physician informaticists uh, on the board of directors, as well as the current president of New Jersey Hymns. And I have uh, several of my colleagues on the board, uh, Dr. Anthony Rosania, uh, who is an emergency room physician at uh, University Hospital and teaching faculty at New Jersey Medical School. And then I also have Monet Haskins, clinical informaticist um, at Holy Name Medical Center. And then finally, Mike Fortino, uh, uh, health, uh, healthcare consultant with Chenoa Systems. So folks, welcome to our uh, inaugural podcast, and I hope everyone's doing well. Great. Happy to be here. Yes, thank you. Happy to be here as well. Thank you. Thrilled to be here. Great. So uh, today we're going to talk about um, voice recognition in medicine um, and have a panel discussion um, around the topic. Uh, So before we uh, engage in that, I'd like to just go overview of uh, the, you know, the key points in the history of um, uh, of, uh, the history of voice recognition and, and voice in medicine. And it started long ago, well before the advent of technology, where physicians and nurses uh, engaging in complex clinical care would use scribes to help document their uh, encounters. And then as technology matured, then many uh, physicians and providers were using dictation and subsequent uh, human transcription. Uh, with the advent of magnetic tape and then digital voice recording on dictaphones, uh, then we had uh, the advent of dictation and transcription. Um, as uh, transcription became more ubiquitous, it also became strangely uh, more of a cost factor, and that paved the way for uh, e- uh, electronic health records to uh, capture more information. So now we find ourselves in the EHR revolution, um, but still, uh, EHRs have been linked to many things, positive and negative. And one of the negative things for providers is, um, you know, burnout with excessive typing. Uh, many generations of providers, physicians, nurses, mid-levels were not necessarily raised on a keyboard. They were raised on a pen. So now we're looking at innovative solutions from different, different parts of the industry on where there is now voice recognition, whether it's digital transcription into the EHR or actually artificial intelligence-based systems that are actually recording and uh, translating um, and putting the transcripted note into the chart. So with that bit of overview in history, um, I'd like to invite my colleagues today to talk about their clinical experiences. So um, Anthony will speak from the physician's viewpoint, Monet will speak from the nursing uh, viewpoint, and Mike will be talking about the consultant who has to ultimately implement these for all of the professionals that we mentioned above. So let's start our discussion today. So um, Looking at voice transcription to the clinicians on the uh, on the podcast today, um, have you used voice recognition systems, and what do you find about them that is helpful in either your direct patient care or in your support of clinicians who use this technology? Uh, 
Well, I, I guess I can start. Uh, I, I think that, you know, in, in my field, which is emergency medicine, what we really see now, I, I think everybody sees the benefit in documentation assistance, uh, especially given the rate at which we see patients, the demands on our time in terms of volume, speaking with consultants. So I, I don't think that there's almost any debate really about a documentation assistance sort of methodology. I think the, the real debate comes down to um, scribes versus voice recognition software. And interestingly, despite sort of a lot of the um, added value that scribes and scribe companies will, will, will tell you that they, they offer because they can, they can prompt you uh, for particular coding points, you know, whether it be critical care or EKG, and they can maybe even place calls to consults for you. I find that the majority of emergency physicians would rather actually have a voice recognition system than a scribe. I think that the feeling is they're able to sort of implement it more, it, it's sort of a, a more, um, from a usability perspective, it's, it's more accessible, they can, they can utilize it faster, they immediately see the results of their dictation. Um, it's exactly what they wanted it to say, and there's sort of nothing lost in translation, so to speak. So, so I don't know that I see a big debate about using dictation as just you or, or voice recognition, but that you still see to this day sort of this kind of push and pull between using scribes and, and the value edit they offer and dictation software. Great, that's a that's a great perspective from you know from the emergency physician standpoint. Monet, uh, tell us more about in the world of nursing and your role as a clinical informaticist and support. What are you seeing out with nursing and clinicians in your neck of the woods? Well, uh, thank you. So in my organization, we struggle in the area of telephone transcription and voice recognition. And so currently the telephone transcription service, it takes about five days for the transcription um, to get into the patient's chart. Um, so there, you know, it's definitely a, a patient safety issue for us because, you know, if you need, if a physician or a clinician needs to review those previous notes, um, let's say, for example, a post-op note that does not make it to the patient's chart until five days, you know, that's a serious quality issue. Um, so we are in, uh, this big initiative to push for voice recognition. However, we do see quite a bit of pushback from physicians that have been in practice, um, you know, for a very long time. They feel as though uh, the voice recognition software is not going to capture uh, their voice or accent if they have one, you know, in a timely manner, and then. The fear is that they have to spend more time correcting the transcription or the recognition of, of their voice. So we have talks about that. And then from the nursing perspective, we are now starting to have those conversations as to enabling nursing to use the voice recognition software. We currently use Fluency Direct through Mmodal. And so from a nursing perspective, as being a nurse myself, um, 
we all know that documentation requirements are getting even more lengthy and we spend a lot of time typing. Um, so I'm definitely uh, in favor and actually a part of the team that's been put together to try to push this agenda forward in terms of nursing, being able to use Fluency Direct for some of the documentation. Wow, that's that's a really uh, interesting perspective. Very, very different than what we heard from Anthony. Um, so now, uh, Mike, as a consultant, as someone who you know looks at different different solutions, different clients of different types, what have you seen from your vantage point in terms of this technology and some of the challenges for consultants in terms of uh, introducing an implementation? Well, thanks, Kennedy. I, you know, when whenever we look at um, trying to assist and to help improve, um, you know, workflow systems, you know, uh, we're always looking at, at pain points and trying to really understand what are the real pain points that, that you need to address in, in offering any kind of tech, technology based solution? And in this case, for voice um, assist and, and voice recognition technologies, you know, the, some of the reasons that we've, you know, come across for not implementing voice recognition technology have been budget, uh, a preference for typing uh, or the pen. Um, integration is is up there as well, but one is concern around accuracy. Um, saw a recent article that uh, it came down to uh, looking at uh, the risk of some of the voice recognition technologies that are out there that have been out there in the past and today. Um, they did a little bit of a study and said that there was a seven percent error rate amongst uh, across a, a varying number of voice recognition software um, and and those pain points those concerns are are some of the things that you know you, you really need to be able to address and to take a look at whatever solutions you may want to recommend um, and getting to a recommendation uh, we always look at three main components to voice recognition uh, ones that are you know, that, that we think will uh, take an organization forward, right? Will help really truly help the, the clinicians, whether they're in the emergency room or uh, in, in a different type of a clinical setting. You know, and those three components are, you look at the software that's available and it should have a machine learning uh, component, a natural language processing and natural language understanding component, uh, and of course, speech, speech recognition. Um, and, and when you look at those three components, if your solution has, you know, all three, then you want to look at the organization providing that, that solution. Uh, one, from a clinical experience perspective, have they done it before? Um, how long is the data training process? Because in any AI-based solution, you know, you're going to have to train data. And, and this is no exception. Uh, you want to look at error rates, and and lastly, integration. How easily easily can you integrate this solution with your existing EMR or multiple EMRs that you may have in your organization? So those are just some of the the the, uh, the points that we take take into account when we're consulting with different provider organizations. That's 
that's really fascinating because, you know, by the time we hear the perspectives from our clinician colleagues, they just know if it works, it doesn't. But a lot of us don't Mm -hmm. realize how much really goes into considering bandwidth, infrastructure, cost, integration. It's it's a fairly Mm -hmm. complicated uh, move uh, going to uh, voice recognition. Um, So Mm -hmm. and, and for the clients that you've seen successfully implement, have they seen a benefit either in provider satisfaction, clinical quality, are those things being measured right now out there? So I, I would, I would um, honestly say that it's just beginning to be measured, because I, I you know, what we're seeing there, there are not a lot of mature um, solutions out there today that are that include those three components I mentioned, machine learning, uh, NLP, natural language processing, and speech recognition. There are plenty of them out there that do a really good job at speech recognition, but uh, the AI component, right, the artificial intelligence, whether it's machine learning or NLP, those are the two where there's still a lot of, uh, I, I still, a lot of, a lot of work needs to be done in, in making sure that those, those technologies really can uh, deliver on on the promises that they make. A, a couple of solutions that are that are out there today, uh, you know, they're actually listening in on the uh, provider patient conversation and actually recording that conversation. And uh, through natural language understanding (NLU), they're able to infer intent uh, on that conversation and come up with the notes. Uh, and and one aspect. Or, or a result of that, you know, they are providing those notes immediately back to the to the provider so that they can verify that the, the uh, what was stated and that they're capturing the notes correctly. So you know that's a that's a real what a huge benefit that could be. But how does that really impact the provider? You know, is that a great workflow or not? So you know, all of those other things come into play as well. Right, and that's that's great that you you brought in the uh, AI element because. Um, you know, there are several, there are several uh, key workflow steps, right? Um, you know, when we talk mm-hmm. to Anthony and Monet, they're in different, different uh, stages of adoption of voice recognition technology. And right now, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Anthony's talking about his uh, emergency physician colleagues uh, really, you know, picking up dictation, digital dictation, um, like your M-Modal mm-hmm. or your Dragon, uh, Medical One, things like that, uh, to just simply dictate. But the next generation is already upon us where we're recording conversations. So at this point, I think there's now a differentiation we have to draw between strict dictation, which seems to be a fairly accurate uh, technology, maturing technology. But then you talk about AI based cap, uh, conversation capture is a different uh, is a different uh beast it seems altogether um and one Mm -hmm. question i have for the group um is there in your opinion a different set of cognitive uh skills that a clinician needs to evolve again when they're talking about voice recognition um especially when it comes to trans transitioning from typing to a you know speech driven context so monet and anthony what are your thoughts about what you're seeing with uh, your colleagues or even your own use of the system in this regard well at um at my organization um 
most of the feedback that I receive when we have these conversations about typing versus voice recognition, uh, a lot of folks still prefer typing. They feel as though typing is faster, but then I do have a small percentage of providers that feel as though typing is tedious, especially if you have your surgeon, you know, who's typing up the op report. Um, I get most complaints from that. They definitely prefer to have a voice recognition software. Um, you know, so that's kind of where we're at, at at my organization. Uh, Anthony, how about where you at? Yeah, I, I don't want to sort of lead people to think that I got an emergency department full of docs, you know, using voice recognition software. It, it's more that those that do prefer it describes. And, and I think, and I'm, I'm interested in what sort of Mike's experience are. And I think that's in sort of, in, in terms of the AI aspect, I think that's where the hurdle lies because one of the reasons you start to see a transition from scribes over to voice you know dictation or voice recognition in that context is um clinicians are pretty quick to grow frustrated if there's a lot of corrective work that needs to be done yes yes exactly that's what i find often why you're not seeing why the ai is not quite there because if i can tell you if you if you it could be good like 75 percent of the time but if the other 25 percent of the time there's a lot of work that needs to be done editing that note because the conversation with the patient was not really interpreted well then that's you're just gonna from a change management perspective you're just not going to get adoption it's just it's sort of like people just drift back to the regular so i don't know have you seen like really good adoption of any of that kind of technology michael not not yet and and i think the biggest uh hurdle is uh, I, I mentioned it i guess briefly before is the the time it takes for your data models to be built, right? For this, the, the AI components to learn, because, you know, not everyone speaks the same way. Everyone has different, you know, a little bit of an accent here. I've got a Jersey accent from time to time and things like that. But, you know, it's, it's, it really comes down to building the data model. And how do you do that in such a way that you are not, um, you're not hurting yourself when it comes to, you know, a more pervasive uh, adoption of the technology once you go once you go live. So that that's still a challenge. And honestly, I haven't really seen anyone or had personal experience in overcoming that at this point. Um, and one of the other things, uh, Mike, you talked about uh, integration. So that's one of the main mm -hmm. pain points. Um, within my organization because we utilize Improvada single sign-on and it does not play well with mm -hmm. Immodal. And so a lot of times uh, we have frustrated providers that call up, you know, because it's not, it's not syncing. Right. right. There's right. all these other steps that we mm -hmm. right now have imposed on the provider to go mm -hmm. in and change the settings. And so we've had uh, quite a bit of pushback from that because now they don't even really want to use it. Right. Because is it going to interfere with their single sign on or is it going to sometimes right. they're at a tap and go workstation, it's not going to pick up fluency direct. So right. 
definitely some more work needs to be done there. Yeah, and 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 the uh, and you and you always look for those. So you know, voice recognition, AI, ML, NLP, all all these emerging technologies. They're continuing to improve and evolve, but you know, there's others that will complement those technologies, like robotic process automation, right? Where you could actually, you don't necessarily have to worry about single sign-on. Uh, you know, if they've got their uh, their voice recognition app, they're using it on their iPhone, uh, the, their, the workflow's figured out. And then when it comes to integration, you could use uh, robotic process automation to then insert that, insert those notes into the EHR, right? Right, and, exactly. And, and, and so, you know, that's like a fourth component to a solution that you want to look at, you know, hey, you, you, they've got the, the top three ML, NLP, um, and like in, that fourth thing is, well, do you use RPA, you know, in order to do that data integration, right? So, so one final question for our panel, and very provocative, because we're looking at two fundamental voice recognition technologies that seemingly pervade the industry where organizations and providers are in various forms of uh, adoption. You have dictation, uh, straight up dictation, which, you know, is seemingly the current standard, if you can call it that, versus conversation capture, where, where you're talking about these AI uh, methodologies and NLP, NLU methodologies. Now, when we step back and look at this, look at what we've discussed, which technology is better and for whom? So Anthony, tell us from mm -hmm. the uh, physician standpoint, what, what are your thoughts as an informaticist? You know, what do you think is seemingly more appropriate for the ER physicians and the shop where you work? You know, I, I think we sort of hinted at some of the concerns, uh, but assuming, assuming those concerns are put aside, I think that a, a a robust conversation capture is is always going to be is going to win out because it's a time saver it really is a game changer right whereas you heard monet speak to the fact that she has people who think they type faster and they probably do i mean like you can type a word some words faster than you can speak them for sure and you don't have to go back and retype things but i think if you had really reliable conversation capture you walk out of the room with the work done Right. So now you're doing things in parallel. Now you're really improving productivity and you're taking the position away from the computer terminal, which is sort of, I think, what we all know we've sort of been frustrated with for the past 10 plus years is that we, we seem to be spending more and more time at computer terminals. So I think hands down conversation capture, assuming that we get to the point where they need to And I think at some point we'll be there. Great. Great. Monet, your thoughts on it? Um, I kind of agree. I agree with Anthony, hands down, conversation capture, especially from a, a nursing perspective, right? So, you know, oftentimes if, if you're working in a clinic or an outpatient facility, you get the patient call, um, you know, if you have that conversation capture, robust AI, um, that patient call can be, you know, quickly translated and actually, you know, show up in real time. And I think that um, 
we would see actually a drop in triage time, if you will, um, because it is faster. So I definitely think that conversation capture uh, is the way to go. And then finally, Mike, what are you seeing with your clients and where you're seeing these technologies adopted, being adopted, especially by early adopter providers and organizations? Do you see these perspectives uh, in parallel for what you're seeing out in the field? It, 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 for the most part, yes. And, and I think there's a real opportunity with some of the, the providers who were early adopters um, that have at least... Uh, you know, they're, they're doing the dictation and they've already done a lot of data capture. Um, that, that is a treasure trove of data that you can utilize for, you know, your machine learning and NLP model development. So, you know, they kind of uh, have that, the basis for which you to really put together uh, or to support a, a good, uh, conversational capture capability, right? So I, I think that, that that therein lies a great opportunity, right? There's a lot of good data out there today, right? So a lot of hard work that's been done. Now you can uh, start doing some proof of concepts around some different technologies and make some smarter decisions around which way to go. Mike, is that data readily available? Like, it It generally is not, but um, sometimes it is, you know, some, it, it's probably easy. It may be easier to get at that data than it would be for you to, um, create it. Right. Yeah. Right. So I would like to take an opportunity to thank our listeners for tuning into this podcast. I would like to thank, uh, Anthony Monet and Mike for offering three unique perspectives on you know the state of voice recognition in clinical medicine. And right now, I think we're all waiting with bated breath to see conversational capture quickly evolve um, as pressure comes on to consultants, uh, nurses, physicians to do more work in less time, as well as uh, improve our clinical quality and patient satisfaction. It seems like uh, you know dictation is, is going to be a, a, a a readily available foundation, but looks like conversation capture can take voice recognition to the next level. So with that, um, this concludes our inaugural episode of the New Jersey Hymns podcast. And I would like to thank everybody for joining us today, uh, our, our panelists, as well as our listeners. And we will be back with more. Have a thank you. Thank you. Thank you.